Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Finding My Voice, an episode I wasn't even supposed to record because it's the holidays and I was going to skip a week, but something has come up and I really, really, really need to do an episode today at the latest and you'll see why at the end of it and uh, some of you will nod and understand why it was important to do this one. Others will roll your head and call me silly, and you're both right. Anyway, um, let's do a little fun transition-related... Oh, I can see my mic speaking. I'm going to lower the volume a bit. There we go. Sorry. Uh, noob on this. Um, noob. Grammar, great. I'm a newbie still, so sue me. No, don't. Please don't. Anyway, the funny transition related thing. Just going to do a quick little thing. I just came back from the holidays, uh, from, from my Christmas with my family, and tomorrow I'm going uh, to the next stop. Um, I had a great time, by the way. I got my nails done by my niece, and they're great. Uh, you can't see them over audio, so... I'll, you know what? I'm gonna make make my nails the picture of of this of this episode. Cool. Anyway, um, one thing that struck me, transition related, was um, of all the things that you have to get used to and discover once you transition as a trans person. Um, all the the, the one thing that I can cannot wrap my head around. It's really odd. Look, I'm going to go through a list here, all right? The new stuff I had to get used to. First of all, it's the everyday sexism. Well, it sucks, but I knew it was coming, you know? So, can't really say that surprised me. I mean, it's all different idea. It's a whole different thing when it happens to you, but I've observed it my whole life and hated it my whole life because I knew where I, where I belonged. And even though it wasn't directed as me as such for a long time... I still knew about it, so that did not shock me, and I got used to it quickly. Um, it sucks, we fight it, but yeah, there it is. Um, mood swings. Well, I was warned about this as well, and by the way, I've always had them, so they're not completely new. And yes, they're more colorful and more frequent, but again, I'm used to it, it's fine. Pickle cravings. To be honest, I thought these were a myth. Uh, but since I've heard of the myth, when it happened, it wasn't a shock. It was more, oh, wow, really? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that did not take long to get over. Losing the ability to open pickle jars. Now, this is a trickier one. <laughs> but there are plenty of little tricks. You can take a, a spoon or, or a knife and just, you know, bend the, the, the edge of the lid. Or you can heat the lid or use a towel that helps. So there are tricks to get around this. So not a big deal. Uh breast pain as they're waking up and growing. <laughs> yeah, bring it on, baby. I got it. Come on, do it. Do it. I want this pain. Let's go. No problem. All right. About what I said last week, seeing myself in a mirror and actually recognizing myself, that was a big one. Uh, it was a shock, but a, a nice shock. And it wasn't hard to get used to. Like, I love it. And it's great. Still get a little bit of a, whoa, <laughs> every time it happens. But yeah, I'm getting used to it quite quickly. Um, but here's the thing. The thing my mind just can't get over because it's so weird. And it's shirts. Uh, shirts from the latest department have their buttons on the left side. Whereas all the other shirts, 
they're on the right side. And my hands are just going, what's happening? Why why are the buttons over here? And I heard there's 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 um I heard there's a reason for this. And that's uh back in the old days, um women's clothes that were all buttoned up from the back and someone had to do it. Um the assistance was needed. And it's it's easier for the one doing the buttoning if the buttons are on the right side for uh, f- from your perspective. And then Women started dressing themselves, whoop de doo <laughs> but the, the buttons stayed on the left, which is just weird. Like, every time I put on a shirt and I was like, wait, my hands, my hands are just going, what, 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 what's happening? Um, that's the hardest thing to get used to so far. Pickle jars, no problem. Boot pain, yeah, go, baby. <laughs> just, the, the buttons, what? Okay, that, that, that's a weird hill to die on, brain. Come on. <laughs> I, I'll get over that, too. I guess, or 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 I'll just stick to tunics and leggings, which is fine. I love those. Great, that was the transition-related. St- Whoa, I thought that was gonna be quick. That was five minutes. Sorry. All right, let's go. Um, so there's a reason I really had to do an episode this week, even though I wasn't going to. You see, uh, we meant to squeeze in a role-playing session today, and. I'm going to be playing a character I haven't really talked about on this podcast. And I felt like I really should talk about her. And I'm going to do an introduction as Cassandra. Cassandra Lagrandia. Um, and I'm going to improvise it. I haven't really planned at all what to say. So if it makes no sense, I'm sorry. I just had to do it. And I don't have time to do it any other way. So here we go. My name is Cassandra Lagrandia. Yes, that Lagrandia. You you've heard of us. You've heard of us, obviously. Um, no, I'm not one of the famous ones. You know, I'm not. I'm not my big brother. I'm not my big sister. I'm not my father. I'm not my mother. I'm Cassandra, the one you've never heard of. Not the famous paladin. Not the famous knight. And not the famous wizard. Or not the famous cleric. Um, no, I am the one who's accomplished the thing. You know, the thing. The thing no one's heard of. The thing. Oh, wait. No, there was nothing. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the thing I accomplished. The thing they do not want you to hear. I accomplished the incineration of the shed. And the pantry. And some say the cat. But I think the cat ran away. You see, I am what some call untrainable and unteachable. Uh, others call me an idiot, uh, but uh, I'm a, I'm a well-kept secret of the family. It's not that I don't, I'm, I've, I've got some kind of weird power. It's great. You know, I can, I can make things happen. Just never what I want to happen. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm a Lagrandia. We're a famous family of, of heroes. The best of the best, the strongest, the smartest the most capable, the most heroic, and there's me. Well, got to get out. Oh, I bit my tongue perfectly. That's a perfect bite of my tongue as I'm trying to tell you this. Great. That's just a great sign of of my genius, isn't it? Well, I left, by the way. Uh, I was tired of being looked upon as an idiot. And I was going to find out what I can do on my own. I'm going to prove myself somehow and just, you know, 
I don't know. And I run into this group of misfits. <laughs> well, you see, I I need to do it with people I don't really care about. I mean, my family's a bunch of, you know, everyone looks down on me. That's not great. But I do have some power. I just can't control it. I make things happen. I can reach in to some planar energy and just just feel the power and pull it into our plane. And as I try and shape it, it forms in our plane of existence. And then it does something completely unrelated to what I was trying to make it do. So, yeah, everyone thought I was going to be a great wizard because I can harness magic. I just, you know, I can't harness magic. I can touch it. Then it does whatever the shit it wants. And the father hired tutors and teachers. And no, no one could ever teach me anything. Out the uh, like in one ear and out the other, but yes, I found this band of misfits and traveled with them because you know, uh, if I don't know them, <laughs> I'm not gonna feel as guilty if I accidentally blow them up, and that's what happened. Um, it didn't go quite as I planned, I started kind of liking them. <laughs> um, god damn it. There's Bendane. Uh, she's a really powerful elf lady, a paladin, really no nonsense, you know, all professional. Um, she was hunting her mentor because he had done something bad. Turns out he had been mind controlled, and then we had to clear his name and all that stuff. And also, turns out that she's my half sister because dad had, pro had pro apparently had other adventures before my family. You know, elves live long and, and stuff. Uh, so she's a bit miffed. <laughs> it's gonna be fun to see <laughs> to see uh, to see him um, to see meet her for the first time, because uh, apparently, you know, he uh, he knocked her mother up and then left. Great, that's gonna be fun. Uh, there is uh, Leolin, not the smartest I've met, but if you call her an idiot, I'll break your legs. I mean, you're not wrong, but I'll still break your legs. Because she's a great friend, she's strong, and she is caring, and fun, actually. So, oh, really fast, by the way, she's super fast, which is annoying, because she loves playing tag at the worst possible moments. Um, but Leyland, I like her, I love her. She's not my actual half-sister, as Ben Dane turned out to be, but, you know, she's close. There's Talar. The gorgeous, <laughs> and uh, well, he is. Um, he worships the moon, the goddess Saloon, and uh, he's mine. And no, well, okay, I'm his. Whatever works. That worked out. I didn't think it would. It did. <laughs> so yeah, he um, he pulls power from the moon, and he shapes it. And uh, he has these this deck of cards that he can use and and kind of foretell things. What's going to happen? That's really interesting. But yes, uh, we have Creed, of course. Uh, he is a, uh, I don't know what you call him, automaton, uh, a forged man. I don't know. Uh, he's a construction. I thought he was just 
I don't know, animated, an animated armor or something at first. Uh, not really worthy of consideration, but he's a person, actually. A bit weird. But he does his best. He really does. Um, I was a bit of a bitch to him for quite a while. And I shouldn't have been. I regret that. And I don't even know what he thinks about me or what I did. He's hard to read. He has kind of similar reactions to most things. Yeah. Well, that's us. Ben Dane, Leyland, Talar, Creed, and me, Cassandra, the idiot. I joined the group claiming to be a wizard. Uh, of course I'm not. I don't know. I don't know where's how to, how to even begin thinking about forming a spell. I have a spell book. Well, a book. <laughs> I I mostly scribble nonsense in it. Sometimes journal entries. Sometimes drawings. I drew Tilar before I started hitting on him. On him. I really hope he never sees those pictures. Um, but yes, uh, I pretend to be a wizard because I can clearly do some magic, and I just you know make whatever stuff happens look like it was my idea and it was a good idea you know take credit for the good stuff and then try to sneak away from the bad stuff you know that was my plan not a great plan but um hey i'm working with what i got here all right well all right so where, where we are now uh well they did find out they found out that i'm a fraud at some point um when i after I had started to respect Creed a bit, he accidentally hurt Ben Dane and she fought back and he got hurt. And, you know, it's not, you know, she, she said she's a warrior and, and got wounded by him. So she fought back, obviously. It just struck me that I expected to be the first one to accidentally hurt my friends and I wasn't. And then he was punished for it. And I was thinking, well, it's going to happen to me too. Am I going to be punished? Should I be punished? That, I think that's when I started to see Creed as a person. Later on, I almost froze a small lake solid as Layla was swimming in it, and I ran away, and they confronted me. You know, what are you actually doing? And I came clean. I am not a wizard. I am a magical disaster area. And they did not reject me. They did not kick me out of the party, and they did not laugh at me. They assholes were kind. Now, there's no way in hell that I will be able to hurt them in, by mistake with a clean conscience. Assholes. Anyway, I I kept traveling with them. See, there's this whole big thing we're involved in now. This cult who's fighting dragons. And they're not good, because, you know, you've heard, you probably heard of, oh, no, we have to slay the dragon. No, no, dragons are fine. You know, I mean, they're dicks, but they're not evil, necessarily. Uh, this cult is evil, though. Um, they've done some shit. Um, and they are trying to steal, I think, wisdom or secrets from the dragons to become more powerful. I'm not sure exactly what it is they want yet. And for some reason, this stupid group has fallen 
into the slot where another actual hero group should have been. So I guess it's on us now to sort this out somehow. And, well, we, we've saved some some dragon shrines and some kobolds and some dragonborns that were attacked. Um, and the latest thing we did, well, one dragon named Cinder, really angry, threatened to destroy the fort we were residing in uh, if we couldn't find the actual culprits. And so we had to really hurry. <laughs> um, and um, we went to towards an island where we know there's a dragon shrine. Uh, because we think that's the last place to, we know of that they're going to head to, and we thought we could catch them, you know, and turn them into to Cinder. On the way, we come to this fishing village, because, well, you know, this runs on an island, we need a boat. Um, this fishing village, village was odd. The, a fisherman named Rurik uh, agreed to take us to the island for a very hefty price, he needed money desperately. And it turns out uh, why he was so desperate, I was a little mean. Because, you know, desperate men do desperate things. And even though, even if he's a good man, if the cult's been here and he's desperate for money, then, you know, he could betray us, not out of malice, but out of necessity. So I was very short towards him. I regret that too. I regret a lot of things. I regret a lot, a lot of things. Anyway, the curse the village is under. Some people fall asleep and they cannot wake up. Among them is his daughter. Leolin got obsessive over this. She said we couldn't leave without helping the daughter. And I, you know, I had to talk her out of it because, well, the, 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 the cinder situation was very urgent and we didn't know what to do about the daughter anyway we can do it on the way back and she begrudgingly agreed and anyway, anyway we get to the island um and luckily the the uh, uh the dragon over there um a rhyme had already taken care of the cultists that went there and yes we were right they were cultists on the way they had stolen a ship from the fishing village and one gone there, and they had been slain by by um, uh, Ryan. Great. Uh, over there, we found this weird, dark, magical orb that had belonged to the cultists. Uh, it seemed they drew power or something from a from from some kind of dark plane, and well, I don't know what to do with that. So, and the dragon. We spoke to Rhyme, and he said he would talk to Cinder, and we bought some time there. Great. Um, he said he demanded we take that disgusting orb away from his island. And yeah, sure. Why not? We probably need to check that orb out anyway. And we did. And um, as we get to back to the village, I start sensing a connection between this orb and the curse that has befallen it. Now, we we didn't know anyone directly that could deal with this kind of curse, and we thought, well, maybe maybe we'll just have to, you know, break the curse over the orb, um, and we can probably find a priest or something that can do that in the fort. Leilin pointed out that we're not all fast, and she had a point. 
So I had the brilliantly stupid idea um, to send Creed, because he's the fastest of us. He can shapeshift and all that. He can became, become really fast things. To bring the orb over there and uh, either find a priest to break the curse or find out what needs to be done and send a message to us because he, he can send magical messages uh, through animals. So that seemed like a great idea at the time. Um, and we would stay in the village and try and find out whatever we can do to alleviate the situation. Yes. Perfect. Um, and of course, we shouldn't sleep in the village. That seems dumb. If we get caught in the curse, we can't really help now, can we? Oh, the other thing. Um, Leyland says she saw someone running around. Uh, and it seemed like a little go like a ghostly apparition or something. I'm starting to suspect it's the spirits of the people who are trapped in sleep. Because one looked like a little girl and... She seems to fit the description of Emma, the daughter of Rurik, the, the fisherman who, who took us over to Rhymes Island. And, oh, Rurik, I, it's hard to look at him. He's so desperate. He said he, he has enough money to hire a priest now and he was going to send a letter. And we said, you know, just let us try and if we fail, we can send the letter fast. Creates really fast. And he just looked distraught and said, you know, we, we, we're going to do whatever we can for you. We're going to look around the village and then we're going to camp outside. And and we did. We, we, we looked around the village and we found some very clear evidence that, yes, the orb is connected to this. Uh, I think it was Ben Dane or Leyland who found a, you know, it was Ben Dane, I think, that found a nail in a shed. Um, and we could dig around it, and it was kind of floating, stuck in place, a cursed nail. And it, I felt a strong connection to the orb and a field around it. Same shape as the orb, but much bigger, encompassing the whole village. So something, this, this, this nail was cursed and connected to the orb. People fell asleep, could not wake up, and this orb was drawing power from a dark plane. Probably the shadow plane? Or the dead Rome? I'm not entirely sure. I wish I wasn't an idiot. I wish I could figure this stuff out. Because they really need help. And I said, alright, we've done what we can. We're, we're going to wait for Kree's message. And I, I told Rorik this. And we're going we're gonna to camp outside the village. So that we, we are not caught in the curse. Because we can't help you if we fall to it. And then he just looked at me. With those big, wet eyes. Isn't there anything else you can do? And he was talking about his dying daughter. And I just decided, yes, there is. There's something I can do. I can stay in the village with you. I can show you hope. I can show you that we're confident. For whatever that's going to do. And I walked back to the village. And then... Then we hear news that people had started dying. Two of the people had been asleep for days. Stop breathing. We could no longer wait for Creed. We, we had to do something. Like, I suspected uh, we shouldn't be too fast because... These spirits are walking around outside their bodies. I was worried that if we just break the curse right away, 
they wouldn't be able to find the way back to their bodies. We had to find out what to do before how this works before we break the curse. But all of a sudden, we don't have the luxury of time anymore. And I just I just made a decision. And it was the dumbest decision I've ever done. And if it's any consolation, it's probably the last decision I'll ever make. I... First of all, this was new information we needed to get to Creed and the whatever priest he was going to talk to. I sent Leland, because she's fast, to run to the fort, catch him before they do anything stupid or whatever, and just get there as, fast, as soon as possible. Uh, ben Dane to just hold the fort. No, not for, hold the village. And tell our he can heal. Um, he can go around healing the sleeping villagers to see if that buys any time. Talar, you know, he, once he found out that I was a fraud, he started talking to me. I'm sorry, I need to tell you this. This is not related to what was going on here. This was, this was a week before when he found out that I'm a fraud and, and, and he started talking about his goddess, Saloon, that he loves her. And, and even though Sometimes she's tricky to deal with. She does unexpected things. She's a bit chaotic. He loves her anyway. And I don't know. I might just be self-centered, but a part of me wants to think he was talking about me. You know what? I'm I'm going to decide that yes, he was. I need to think that right now. Anyway, well, what's my job in this wonderful, wonderful plan of mine? Well, if we are going to break the curse, um, someone has to tell these spirits to stay near their bodies, or possibly in their bodies if they can, so they can go back. And that someone's going to be me. I'm going to fall asleep underneath the nail, because I felt like the... The, the the curse was stronger the closer you got to the nail and if I fall asleep there the next one it'll take is gonna be me I will wake up in this weird shadow plane of existence and I'll probably be able to find the ghosts and tell them what to do and then just wait for my friends to find a way out if there is one and Hopefully, I won't meet anything scary or dangerous in the shadow plane. I mean, which I absolutely will. Um, sorry, I know this sounds really stupid. I know, I know, I must sound like an idiot, and I've told you, I've already told you, I'm an idiot. So you can't really use that against me. But uh, when, if you look at Rurik when he asked, when he pleaded for help, there really was. No other decision I could have done, made, sorry. It's just impossible to... I mean, we're... Lagrandia is supposed to be heroes, right? All I've ever seen is boasting. Like, all the spells my brother Oswald learned, and, and how quickly, how quickly uh, my sister Esmeralda took the pledge. She, you know, she's a paladin, and, and, and how much everyone boasts, how quickly everyone learns things except me. But isn't this what heroes are supposed to be doing? 
heroes are supposed to help people. I only ever saw the bragging side of of being part of a hero family, and now I'm looking straight into the faces that need a hero, and all they've got is us. And we're gonna fail so hard. No. Ugh. No. I'm gonna be able to do something. And... Oh, Jesus, I'm so scared. Oh, I'm really scared. Anyway, that's me. And uh, this is good night. Wish me luck. Alright, uh, that's why I needed to... Sorry, I'm back now. I'm not doing the introduction anymore. Um, yeah, that's why I needed to do this episode today. Because this is one of my longest running DD characters. I mean, I think Leia I created earlier, but uh, there was a hiatus in that one. This one I've been running, we've been running consecutively for quite a while. And I've grown quite attached to this character. And she's grown on her own. That's what I really love about Cassandra. She... She started out quite selfish and bitchy, and what what you heard now was the later version talking back about her past, because in the beginning she was a bitch that kind of grew out of it and was ashamed of who she had been. Um, and I remember talking early about which characters do you have that would give their life for someone else, and I remember saying, yeah, Leah, absolutely, Eleni, yes, sure, um... Cassandra, no way, no way. But now, yeah, she totally would because of the character development that I would, I did not plan for. This just happened this way. And it's wonderful. And I love this character. And in about 90 minutes, I'm going to start a session, which might be the last session I play her because this plan is is phenomenally dangerous and, and will split the party four ways. And that's incredibly stupid. And... Oh my gosh, Cassandra might die tonight. It's unreal. I'm not going to begrudge it, because if she dies, it's a beautiful story. It's going to break my heart in a million pieces. Wow. Um, I really hope she doesn't die. But it's a very definite possibility. You know, game masters often pull their punches when it comes to character deaths, unless the death seems narratively meaningful. See, that's the problem here. Cassandra's death in this moment would actually be pretty meaningful. <laughs> wow, I'm scared. I really am. And, oh, I noticed I... Uh, <laughs> if, if, don't, don't get mad and write comments. Well, as if people write comments. Huh? About, I noticed, that, oh, Jesus, at one point. Yes, that is not setting appropriate. G this world did not have Jesus. That was just something that slipped in because I was... Um, uh, I don't like it when, 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 um, this world, um, kind of vocabulary sneaks in, but I was kind of, I, I was kind of unprepared for this, intentionally so, so you're gonna have to give me that, oh, whoops, so <laughs> you're gonna have to give me that, all right, oh, wow, my, my voice is breaking up, sorry, um, this is getting to me, and I gotta get ready, ready to play soon. Uh, thank you for listening, and what do you think of Cassandra? Do you hope she'll survive? Well, 
by the time you're listening, we will know the answer. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye.